You're listening to episode 135 of the Tennis Files podcast, the five-step framework for improving your tennis game. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. My name is Mehrban Iranshad, a former Division I college tennis player. And on the show, I interview the world's top coaches, pros, and experts to help you improve your tennis game. And today I'm doing a solo episode that is about the five-step framework for improving your tennis game. And I figured that this would be a great uh, little summarization for you of the five steps that you can take right now to really get to where you want to be in tennis. And uh, you might want to grab a pen and paper uh, in order to write down these steps and maybe some other notes that you might find helpful. And so I'll jump straight into these steps. And the first step is to define your ultimate level that you want to reach in tennis. And this will obviously be different for all of us, you know, whether that's getting to a 5-0 level, a 4-5 level, maybe you want to be a national champion in your age group and win a gold ball, whatever that is, uh, you want to first figure that out because you want to ultimately be happy when you're a tennis player and be fulfilled in what you've accomplished. And so you, in that, you need to choose that level that you want to get to. Uh, obviously, you know, most of us won't get to the uh, uh, Wimbledon uh, level and all that, but uh, we don't have to in order to be really pleased with where we've come from, where we started in our game. And so uh, in doing that as well, uh, in defining your ultimate level that you want to reach in your tennis game, this will help you determine your next steps that you're going to take in terms of what you should work on. So this is really a key step. You know, uh, if you don't really have a vision in mind, it's basically not going to be clear for you, you know, what you need to do next. And, you know, things will be more tangible and uh, you'll get more excited when you actually have a clear path in mind rather than just having, oh, yeah, you know, I want to be. Uh, the best that I can be. And, you know, you do hear that with with athletes uh, and that may work for some people, but I think that it's really important to first define where you want to get to because that then determines a lot of different things, you know, like your stroke technique, you know, how much you need to work on that, how much you need to work on other areas of your game as we'll get to uh, very soon. So with that, step number two is to really conduct a very deep self-evaluation of your tennis game. And first step with that is to ask yourself what type of player you are. Are you a counterpuncher? Are you an all-court player? Are you a servant volleyer? Uh, You know, that type of uh, question that you want to ask yourself um, because that will help you determine what areas of your game you need to work on because these are all obviously different styles of play here. And just to note that you see very successful players of all of all games uh, at every single level. Even at the pro level, you see counterpunchers like David Ferrer. Obviously, they're a, a much more um, well, like higher developed or you know higher skilled counterpuncher than maybe like the four five five zero 
4-0 counterpuncher, but nevertheless, that is their um, base style of play. And so once you define uh, what type of player you are, let's say, you know, I, I say, okay, I am a I'm a baseliner, okay? So now you want to go to the second uh, sub-step of this, uh, evaluating your game, and you need to think about and write down what skills that you need to improve in order to reach the level that you want to be at. For example, if I wanted to get on the pro tour, then I definitely know that, hey, my technique on my forehand, backhand, they need to be able to withstand uh, very high level, uh, very heavy balls, very fast shots. And um, so my technique really needs to be on point. Whereas if I wanted to, my, my ultimate goal was to be maybe like a 4-0, then I wouldn't necessarily need to work as much on technique and I wouldn't have to have perfect technique, but maybe I would need to work harder on the strategy a bit and make some tweaks and then I'd be totally fine with that. So that's why that's it's important to kind of figure out um, both what level you want to be at and then uh, what type of you know, what type of player you are and, and obviously different strategies. Uh, you'll have to work on different strategies depending on like what type style of play you are. So, and then once you figure out, you know, your style of play and you see what skills that you need to work on, and we're still on the step number two, self-evaluation, then you want to look at other similar styled players who are at the level that you want to be at. And then think about what skills you need to improve in order to um, beat these types of players. So maybe I'm looking to be, uh, you know, a five-five level uh, baseliner, and then I want to see, you know, this maybe John X. You know, he has certain things in his game that he's um, using to be successful. So I want to study him, study those people that where you want to be at. Uh, and this works for you know everything in life and see what attributes they have and try to and then work on those types of things. Um, so let's take uh, another example. Let's say you have um, a you're a servant volleyer and you and you see some guy and you're at like the four level and you want to be a five five servant volleyer. So then you're analyzing one of the top five five servant volleyers you know in your area. Let's say, you know, he's uh, Jack, Jack the Servant Volleyer. And then you analyze your game and you say, oh, well, you know, for me, I have an okay first serve. It's reaching 80 miles per hour. Second serve, um, it's fairly consistent, but I'm having trouble moving it around the box consistently and hitting it where I want it to be. And my volleys are okay uh, up close, but I struggle a lot with the first volley if I'm playing against a tough returner. And then you look at you look at Jack X, you know, or Jack the servant volleyer, and this person. You analyze their game, and you're saying, "Wow, you know, their first serve is at at 120, which okay, you don't necessarily always need like a fast serve to be successful, but this person has a strong first serve, high first serve percentage. They're able to move, hit a very effective slice serve. They can kick it out wide to the uh, to their opponent, and then and then volley in the open court on the other side." And they have a fantastic servant volleyer. All of a sudden, you have all these things that you can work on, and you wouldn't have necessarily realized, you know, what you need to improve upon in your game in order to to get to that five-five servant volley, uh, successful uh, five-five servant volleyer level, until you studied, you know, a player like Jack, the servant volleyer, and then you kind of realize what's going on. You know, another example is like a, maybe a counter puncher. 
maybe you're a counter puncher, but a three five level, you're getting a lot of balls back and you're doing okay. But your ultimate goal is to get to a four five level and you're a counter puncher. So maybe you look at another guy, maybe CJ the counter puncher at the four five level who's winning uh, a lot of his matches. And I see a lot of uh, you know this type of player like CJ, and what they're doing is they're able to hit. Fairly consistent deep balls. They're able to actually attack short balls instead of just hitting them back. Maybe that's something that you do. Like you find that you're not really attacking that much even when you get the opportunity. Uh, you just wait for people to miss. And maybe th- this top uh, four or five counter puncher um, has a has a consistent kick serve or a, a bigger um, serve than you do. Uh, maybe they're fitter than you. Uh, perhaps they're mentally strong in the tough moments when you observe them. Um, so th- th- these are types of you know examples for you to take away and uh, to study these players who are successful, who are your game style. And that's really important because I think a lot of people, when they watch certain players, like, you know, maybe I watch Roger Federer and then all of a sudden I fall in love with his game, which I'm a lot of us, you know, <laughs> invariably do. But then you try to actually copy what Roger is doing, but maybe it's not right for your game. It's something that you're not, it's just not in your, your nature. And, you know, I step back to say, obviously you need to improve your, your toolkit, so to speak, you know, have different skills that you develop, but um, perhaps your game is more of like a a David Ferrer. And so that's the person that you want to actually study and see how this person is successful rather than trying to just emulate any random player. So uh, with that, once you figure out what skills you need to improve upon, you know, maybe that's hitting deeper balls, maybe that's actually setting up points to get people off the court, uh, you know, on your serve and then hitting the other side, you want to write down these skills. And then once you write these skills down that you need to work on in order to get to the level that you aspire to be at, then you should prioritize which skills you need to work on first in order of return on investment and start with that one. Uh, no matter how difficult, uh, it, you know, that's the one that you should really tackle first because obviously as, that's why I mentioned the return on investment, uh, the one that gets you uh, the biggest you know, win for you and makes the biggest impact in your game. So maybe for a lot of you, that's the bigger serve. Maybe for some of you, that's weaponizing the forehand. Uh, maybe for some of you, it's it's the fitness that you're struggling with, and so you really have to put a lot of effort and time into into working on your fitness skills to become a, a much better counterpuncher, for example. And then number three, uh, I mean, these are all extremely important steps, but step number three, become a problem solver. And this is a mindset shift that is really, really useful um, because I like to say that you need to become a problem solver because back in the day, you know, there were certain problems uh, in my game that I had. And I just basically after trying a few times, I just thought to myself, man, like this is just, I don't know how to fix this. And and it's, it's just not happening. And I'll just have to work around it, you know, but that's not the case. There's always a way to solve a problem. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we can't do it ourselves. A lot of times we can't, you know, maybe we don't possess the knowledge and the experience of other people. And that's why on my podcast, I interview uh, such incredible uh, you know, coaches and pros, you know, like Paul Anacone, who's pot- coached like Sampras and Federer and, you know, Dennis Kudlow, who's a top 100 player, um, James Blake, who was number four in the world. You know, it's, it's because that way you're going to be able to extract 
the knowledge that you need at, in order to improve these areas from people who have been there and gone through the struggles. So obviously some great ways for you to to solve issues in your game, uh, first and foremost, to get a, a great coach. So um, you know, do the research, ask around and see what coaches are in your area, see their resume, um, see their teaching style and find one that you think would will really improve your game in the area that you need. And, you know, maybe that's a tennis specific fitness coach, um, perhaps from the ITPA or Racket Fit, or perhaps it's a, a really high level coach who, who's coaching, you know, high ranked players. Maybe it's somebody who's coaching um, more like club level players who knows what's you know, more what is successful for those types of competitions. Definitely to solve issues in your game, get a coach. You can also get great online courses and videos. And so in addition to getting a coach, you can also seek excellent resources online. And those would be things like uh, online courses and videos from uh, people that uh, really know their stuff. Uh, you know, people that come to mind are a lot of people that have been on my podcast, like um, like uh, Essential Tennis, Fuzzy Yellow Balls, uh, Peter Freeman from Crunch Time Coaching, you know, people like that. That's uh, Those people really know what they're doing. And also um, people who have been on my Tennis Summit as well. A lot of them are online-based as well as, um, you know, people who coach uh, mainly at, at clubs and whatnot. And then also, you know, find events as well that you can attend perhaps conferences around you know maybe they're hosted by the USTA or by USPTA USPTR maybe it's something like tennis congress which you should check out as well great event for amateur players so events like that will help you enhance your knowledge and and help you hear from people who really know a ton about the game um, so I definitely hope that to see you again at Tennis Summit 2020, if you can uh, make it out. Oh, I say make it out, but it's online, so it'll be very easy. Um, and definitely you want to go to TennisFiles.com. And just uh, if you aren't on my email list, you can just uh, insert your email address there, and then you'll get a heads up when my summit goes live, which will be in late April of this year. So back to the steps. Once you have figured out a way to improve and you know I mentioned get a coach find online courses or videos attend uh, live events you can also obviously get excellent books Uh, one of my audience members recently mentioned tennis anatomy is a great way to uh, you know figure out what types of exercises you need to work on there's the inner game of tennis if you're having issues with uh, the mental game and a whole host of other books and I'll list some more on the show notes page at tennisfiles.com slash 135. And these books are, books are great because they have you know decades of knowledge in these books compiled for you from what the author or authors have learned. And you know it's like <laughs> less than 15 bucks. I mean, you really can't beat it. So in addition to seeking these resources... Um, the essence of being a problem solver is to relentlessly work on improving that skill until you master it. 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. So you really have to be able to deal with the ups and downs, and you know, it's going to be tempting to think that, you know, I've tried this and that and there's no way I can improve uh, this this particular skill, but that's not the right type of thinking. That's not how problem solvers think. And there will definitely always be a way to improve an area you're struggling with. And that's, again, why you have to seek the best resources possible. And one thing on that, you know, technical changes are especially difficult and take time to master. Uh, I've hit many times in my life where I've thought that improving the serve just seemed like there was no way I could do it and uh, it was just such a struggle you know I'd go out there practice for hundreds of hours and still have the same basic issues and uh, so other than getting a little bit better feel you know I would still have um, you know lack of power on it lack of spin and whatnot Um, but you know one thing I realized in that area perhaps it'll help you is that um, oftentimes, you know, our technical inefficiencies are caused by certain physical limitations in the body. And this is something that uh, racket fit has talked about a lot. So, you know, one example of this is perhaps you have a poor racket drop, which you think is just a technical issue, something that all, you know, all I have to do is drop the racket. But in reality, you're not dropping the racket low enough because of poor mobility in your shoulders. So this is something that is actually a physical issue that you might need to fix first. And, you know, speaking of uh, fitness and physical issues, you can check out the prior podcast episode at tennisvals.com slash 134 for more content on that. But it's going to take problem solving, thinking, seeking experts, and you're going to have to push through failure as well. So, um, you know, a point on pushing through failure. uh, So I never really served and volleyed for many years of my career because I would just uh, grind from the baseline. And so the more I had to play doubles, the more I figured out, hey, you know, this is something, this is a play that I need to employ uh, at least once in a while. So, uh, but in the beginning, when I went to practices uh, with my friends and I served in a volley, you know, I might brick a volley and then I would think, I'd feel kind of embarrassed, you know, and think like, ah, you know, I don't need to do this or it it doesn't look great. And uh, I'd rather win this game this practice game, you know, then expand my skill set, which I'm saying it sarcastically because it's the totally wrong way of thinking. So after a while, I convinced myself to stop caring about how I looked on the court and what other people thought or might have thought when I missed a volley. And I kept charging the net, serving and volleying and just kept focus on improving that skill, no matter the initial failures. And eventually I started improving my serve and volley game a lot. And I surprised my practice partners and this is something that would have never happened if I let failure stop me from practicing this skill so that is part of being a problem solver to summarize that you know seek the resources relentlessly work on improving uh, the skill that you prioritize until you master it and to push through failure all right so then step number four of the five-step framework is to plan your practices uh, for this skill and consistently practice it. That's key, consistently. I remember back in the day when I was taking lessons from a coach named Jeff 
uh, at the club I, I played at a while, he, he told my dad, he said, you know, you're not done after the lesson. You have to practice and practice. Otherwise, these lessons will be useless. And that's totally correct because otherwise you just fall back on you know, what you previously had been doing. And so it's definitely, a, a, you know, pretty much a waste. So um, what you need to do here is to plan how many sessions you can practice per week on this skill. And then you want to put it in your calendar. So maybe if it's practicing your kick serve, you say, okay, I am going to practice on, say, Saturday, Tuesday, and Thursday morning and for 30 minutes. And so you book it in your calendar and you stick to the calendar. Very simple. I mean, it, you know, easier said than done, but a very simple concept. And so you stick with it. And uh, with a lot of these skills, you want to practice in a non-competitive match situation first. Obviously, if it's you know fitness-related, you're you're in a non-competitive match situation. But otherwise, um, w- whether it's practicing strategy, practicing technique, you know, even the mental game, it's uh, much easier to first practice your techniques. Uh, yeah, and also even the mental game sometimes are technical-based. You know, such as uh, adjusting your strings after every point which helps center you so definitely want to follow step four which is to plan your practices on on the skill that you have chosen and consistently practice it super important and then step five in the five-step framework is to consistently track your progress and also to check in and so for example if it's a fitness program you better be tracking it, uh, tracking it with a chart, uh, whether that's in your phone or uh, you know just a paper printout. You know, have a chart that that's tracking your progress as far as you know the number of uh, sets, reps, weight, uh, rest time, all these things, so you can actually understand your progress. Uh, and if that's practices, then uh, you want to track it in a journal, you know, whether that's, um, you know, a journal that you uh, just write in yourself or maybe something that uh, makes it much easier like a like the practice journal, um, which I'm actually looking up that link right now. It should be tennisfiles.com slash journal. You can check out um, the practice journal, which would be perfect for this, for um, planning your practices and then also uh, writing in how you felt after your practices. And it's really important. I mean, first off, it obviously further ingrains you into the process. You know, a lot of times uh, you hear the greatest athletes like Kobe Bryant say that they they obsessed over what they were doing, and that's what it takes. And so part of that is just writing down your experience and what you felt and your progress, and it's really, really useful. And then... You also want to have these periodic check-ins. Um, you can do it bi-weekly or monthly and to evaluate your game as a whole. And uh, those are those are really excellent things to do, of course, to to see you know what direction you're going in. Are things working? Are things not working? How impactful is your uh, your change that you're making in your game currently? And you also need to have patience, of course. Uh, things don't come easily, like I mentioned, especially if you're making a technical change or um, you're working on adding a new uh, strategy to your game. It's not going to be instant, so never quit 
just because you get a little frustrated. That's super important. So that's the five-step framework for improving your tennis game and reaching the level that you want to reach. And obviously, I know that there were a lot of little things packed. I don't want to say little to de-emphasize them, but, you know, sub-steps within the main framework. But to recap the five-step framework for improving your tennis game, you first want to define the ultimate level that you want to reach in tennis. Uh, Sometimes this is fluid, of course, but that's step number one. Step number two, a self-evaluation of your tennis game, including what type of player are you and what type of skills you need to improve. Then step number three, become a problem solver. Shift your mindset to become a problem solver and to relentlessly work on improving that skill and finding a way and finding the best resources that will improve that the quickest. No shortcuts though, but the most efficient way to improve it. Step number four, plan your practices on that skill and consistently practice it by putting the times and dates in your calendar. And then number five, a reflection essentially, which is consistently track your progress and check in. And so that is the five-step framework for improving your tennis game. And once you master a skill, which is to say it becomes automatic, it becomes a habit, you know, like you all of a sudden after a few months, hopefully, um, or less, you can hit a kick serve on command. You can make 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 easily. Now you go back to your list and you say, okay, what's next? Oh, uh, now I have to work on hitting, uh, on attacking short balls. That's something that's uh, not... Uh, automatic for me. I I have the habit of uh, just dinking it back or just hitting it back in the middle of the court and I'm not taking advantage of these opportunities. So that's next. Now I go, I go back and, uh, you know, become a problem solver for how am I, you know, what ways, uh, what resources can I tap into to, uh, to punish these short balls. And maybe it's, you know, some sort of course on hitting short balls uh, actually, what comes to mind is a summit session from last year's summit with Brady. We talked about that in depth. But yeah, uh, and then once you do that, you schedule in your practices. Uh, you say, okay, three times a week for 10 minutes, I'm going to do this drill with my friend where we rally and then uh, he, he gives up a short ball and then I attack and I come to net. Uh, or maybe my coach feeds me short balls and I practice attacking them two times a week, and then you reflect uh, on your progress. You, uh, you, know, you, you write it down in your journal how, how you've been attacking the short balls or, oh, I forgot to attack several of them this time, so next time I'm going to uh, be more mindful of that. And then eventually that becomes second nature, and then you just repeat the process. So I hope that this five-step framework for improving your tennis game was helpful. You know, I'm sure that you know many of you do one or more of these, but perhaps you don't do them in order, uh, or maybe you don't do them at all. So I hope that this really jogged your mind and uh, and gets you to follow this framework. And uh, if you want to learn about strategy, fitness, technique, and the mental game, so you can level up your tennis skills then uh, just uh, be aware that I will be hosting Tennis Summit 2020. This is going to be the fourth year of the Tennis Summit that I have hosted, and it's going to feature uh, over 30 of the world's top tennis coaches 
and we're, I'm changing up the format so it's going to be really cool. Uh, the sessions are going to be a little bit shorter and feature more on-court instruction and um, point commentary, and so it's going to be really cool. And if you want to stay uh, updated with that, uh, the best thing that you can do if you're not on my email list is to go to tennisfiles.com and you'll see uh, a little spot for uh, signing up for my newsletter. And then if you put in your, your first name and email address, then you will get my emails. Uh, and I'll, I'm obviously going to be giving you a heads up when Tennis Summit 2020 starts and all that. So that would be the best way to stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, I really would appreciate it as well if you would subscribe to the Tennis Files podcast. It would help the show's rankings and help get out the message to other players who want to improve their tennis game and they're really passionate and serious about it. Uh, and uh, would help, I think I just said this already, but it would help the show go up the rankings, with, which would then in turn uh, expose more people to it. I'd also like to leave you with a quote, as I often love to do at the end of the show, and this is by Robin Sharma, a really great person to check out. Uh, and Robin said, When we give up on our dreams, we die while still alive. That's a great one, uh, very pertinent to this uh, to this episode because a lot of us really get to have that desire to improve our tennis game, but we just let excuses or fear get in the way when really what we need to do is just to have a framework for improving that skill and to just re- relentlessly and consistently commit ourselves to doing so and taking action and by finding the best resources and breaking down um, certain aspects of our game uh, and improving them systematically that's how we're going to be fulfilled in our tennis careers once again thanks so much for all your support really appreciate it wishing you all the best in your tennis practices matches and Uh, league play and whatnot tournaments and uh, all the best and we'll see you on the next episode of the tennis files podcast take care everyone thanks for listening to the tennis files podcast for more tips to help you improve your tennis game visit tennisfiles.com